0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Captain's Log, the show devoted to discussions and insights into pop culture with an emphasis on cinema in the occasional themed episodes. This is your captain speaking, José Valle, and it's time for us to begin our transmission. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Captain's Log. Before we begin each show, we do a recap of the most recent news surrounding cinema and TV, a section I call, did you see the news? (laughs) Alright, starting off, did you see the news that Venom and A Star is Born have led the box office for two weeks now. Venom has already grabbed a whopping $253 million overseas which is impressive for a movie about a Spider-Man villain that doesn't feature Spider-Man. Alright, did you see the news that Avengers 4 has wrapped shooting? The Russo brothers announced this on Twitter alongside a puzzling picture of a blue light. There is no indication as to what this blue light means, but many fans have already theorized that it could be foreshadowing the death of a character. And with Chris Evans confirming uh, recently that he is done playing Captain America, many fans are now speculating that this could be him. Did you see the news that Beautiful Boy, the heavy drug addiction drama based on a pair of father and son memoirs starring Steve Carell and Timothy Charlemagne had the best ever opening for Amazon distribution? Amazon has been trying to gain traction as a film distributor, so this was a big win for them. Steve Carell actually does an amazing job of carrying dramas, but I don't think we realize that a lot because, you know, he's he's more of a comedic actor, you know, having roles in The Office or The 40-Year-Old Virgin or, you know, get smart. But um, there's another film, it's called um, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, that stars him and Kira Knightley, and he does an amazing job with his dramatic performance and that. So I will definitely be checking this out because I think Steve Carell is a talented actor, and I think anyone that's a fan of Steve Carell should uh, definitely go check this film out. But that's all the news we've got. Let's get into tonight's episode, which is all about slashers. <music> ¶¶ Hell is empty, and the devils are here. William Shakespeare. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Captain's Log. It is spooktober, and that means haunted houses, corn mazes, ghost stories by the campfire, and my favorite part, horror movie marathons. I am a huge fan of horror movies because they make for some very interesting storytelling and often encourage directors to explore and push the boundaries of special effects and cinematography. And they make for some good viewing when you get together with friends because who doesn't love to be scared? When it comes to horror movies, my go-tos for the Halloween season will always be slasher films, which is what tonight's episode is all about, slashers. Tonight, we will be talking about the slasher movies that I believe you must watch this Halloween season. Now I want to make sure that it is understood that this is my personal list and my personal opinions. Simply because a movie didn't make it on this list doesn't mean I think it shouldn't be considered a good slasher. I just narrowed it down to my favorite suggestions. Next week's episode is going to be all about uh, the definitive Halloween movie list, which is about movies that you must watch and movies that you can skip this Halloween season. So make sure you check that episode out. I will be having a special guest. All right, before we start, we have to first define what a slasher is as it was evident when I was asking people for suggestions that not everyone knew the definition. A slasher film is a film involving a violent psychopath stalking and murdering a group of people, usually teenagers, with bladed tools. So think Scream, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, etc. Slashers tend to follow a simple yet successful formula. The killer is usually male and has his face hidden with a mask. Even if his identity is known, he still tends to mask his face. This combined with his silent demeanor and threatening stances and seemingly invulnerability are what add to his threatening status. The killer will almost always be someone who has a traumatic backstory that turned him into the psychopath that he is now. In slasher films, a hero may not be constant, but the killer always is. The victim of slashers uh, are more often than not young, attractive, and often scantily clad. They're usually high school or college-aged adolescents who tend to be okay with participating in um, activities that, let's just say, some old-timers would call immoral. Now, the killer doesn't specifically choose his victims because of this behavior, but there does seem to be an unwritten moral code in slasher films that punishes bad behavior. As bad as it may seem, slasher fans tend to like knowing that the people who die somehow deserve it. Slashers are often criticized for their depictions of women, but slashers have primarily been one of the genres to feature strong, independent female leads. The lead, or as she has more commonly come to be known, the final girl, is a part of the group, but stands apart because of her virtue. She doesn't go along with all the loose hijinks and substance usage. She is called the final girl because, well, at the end of the movie, most of her friends are dead, and she is left alone to deal with a killer. The biggest thing that Separate slashers from other horror sub-genres is the violence. Slashers tend to give more priority to the violence and gore rather than little things like, I don't know, character development or plots, but oh my lord, is it worth it. Storylines are basically constructed around giving the killer reason and opportunity to do what he does best, murder and mayhem. The deaths are violent and graphic, and the more originality shown in the methods and tools used, the better. Now that we know what slashers are, let's take a look at four slashers that I believe you must watch this Halloween season. Slashers had their heyday in the 80s and early 90s. Today, we don't see many successful or even compelling original slashers. And when we do, they don't tend to follow the formula as strictly as the slashers of the day used to. They instead combine the violence of old school slashers with the mystery and suspense of thrillers. The two modern slashers that I chose are 2016's Hush and 2017's Happy Death Day. Hush is a 2016 film directed by Mike Flanagan and it stars Kate Siegel as a protagonist, Maddie, and John Gallagher Jr. as the masked killer. It is a heart-pounding thriller that focuses on a deaf writer living alone in the woods, living in seclusion, and existing completely in a silent world. But one night, all of that is shattered when the masked face of a psychotic killer appears in her window. Without another living soul for miles and with no one to call for help, It appears that Maddie is at the killer's mercy, but he may have underestimated his prey. All right, what makes Hush so good? All right, what makes Hush so good is its clever use of silence, bringing action without cheesy dialogue, and dropping audio at certain points to help immerse us into Maddie's world. And of course, the setting, which has been done a thousand times over, but not like this. The quietness of the woods is quite literally at some points of the film, with the use of the deaf protagonist, there is the dropping of audio at points. So when I say the quietness of the woods, there are parts, like I said, where it's literally quiet because they immerse us into Maddie's world and they want us to feel the horror that she's feeling as someone who's deaf. So it's almost as if the audience is deaf and they have to deal with this killer on the loose. And then there's the killer, psychotic and twisted and mysteriously motivated, but nonetheless menacing. I mean, he just shows up out of nowhere to just kill. And John Gallagher Jr., uh, delivers a strong performance as this like psychopath who he, he kind of he, he's constantly smiling or or laughing because he finds it almost funny that he's got this poor defenseless victim and then there's uh you know his mask it's uh it's just a creepy plain white mask that's very plastic something you could go buy but it's so unsettling incredible acting from the leads and the great camera work from the production team is what earns this movie a spot on this list It's one that is definitely worth checking out. Groundhog Day meets Scream. That, in a nutshell, is Happy Death Day, directed by Christopher Landon and starring Jessica Roth of La La Land fame. The film centers around college student Tree Gilman as she relives the day of her murder with both its unexceptional details and terrifying end until she discovers her killer's identity. Happy Death Day is not a traditional slasher, but it is still an enjoyable one. The thing that makes this film so interesting is its use of the repeated day each time giving us more and more details helping the audience put it all together and then there's the acting from jessica roth which is great and she you know she starts out as an unlikable character and ultimately invests us in our survival so i mean that that goes to show you the acting skills from this young actress and then the killer is another interesting part of the film rather than your typical menacing mask the killer dons a baby mask you know, it's it's someone that that's using something so simple and so innocent to bring fear and instill fear in the audience, and they do a, a great job with positioning of the killer in this film. You know, presenting him in menacing situations and in menacing settings, and I, I won't go too in depth because this is a more recent film. So it's something that I, I definitely recommend to go to go watch. So I don't want to spoil this. Uh, it's actually just been announced that they're going to be doing a sequel, and just the trailer is up. It's going to be called Happy Death Day to You. And I am genuinely interested to to revisit this world and this universe and see how well the uh, the directors up their, their original film. So definitely check that one out. Yeah, so I actually grew up watching a lot of horror movies because, you know, I, I'm the child of two horror movie fans. My parents absolutely love horror movies. You know, Blood and Gore, boom, they love it. And so I grew up watching a lot of a lot of horror movies as a kid, and they terrified me. They terrified me the living crap out of me because I mean you know kids aren't meant to watch horror movies which nothing against my parents but you know they're not and so I grew up and I was terrified from dolls from a young age because I watched child's play when I was like four years old but then I think as I got older I sort of started appreciating that this had been done because I started understanding horror movies and what makes them so interesting what makes them so scary and so I began to love horror movies and I think when I started getting into them the first ones that I watched were slasher films and I think that's that's what makes me love slashers so much is that um, it's when I really started getting into films and getting into horror movies and the reason I love it is because I mean there's the killers the formula the characters and the final girl all of it is, is is amazing I mean the final girl is amazing because she's she's sort of a minority in the film right she's the nerdy girl or the the moral girl and I, I i guess in a weird way i always sort of related to her because i you know i was always the kid that, that didn't go along with everything that everyone did but, but i tan I, I tended to be there and so i think what the reason why i love slasher so much is because in a in a weird way the audience tends to connect with the final girl even if you aren't female but it still represents someone that's standing up to the killer and someone that in most scenarios wouldn't be the hero but, you know, here she is. And then there's the killers. They're always so menacing and so horrifying. They're, like in the case of Michael Myers, they're pure evil. We don't need to understand the reason why they're doing what they're doing. That just adds to the greatness of a slasher film. We just know that they want to kill. And I think that's what, that's what terrifies audiences so much is that you don't understand why it's happening. What what led to this? Because as as viewers, we've grown accustomed to being explained everything through exposition-heavy movies. That when a slasher film comes along and they throw up us a, a killer who's killing for the joy, we're you know we're confused and we're taken aback and we're so intrigued and we keep watching. And then there's the formula. I mean, it's you know friends having fun. They go to a, a cabin and then boom, they're murdered. And I think that's what always you know kept bringing me to these movies is because. It was creepy. I mean, I hung out with my friends in the woods all the time and I always was on edge because I'd seen so many slasher films. Uh, and then there's the cinematography, the point of views, you know, the, the POVs, the establishing shots and the stalking shots. Uh, they make you feel so uneasy and, and and wanting to scream at the character to turn around. The POV shots are some of my favorite because they put you in the shoes of the killer. And they it's interesting me because it's like you're seeing through their eyes and you're seeing how they're carrying out their actions. And it's unsettling because no one wants to, no one really wants to be a killer. I mean, no sane person wants to be a killer, but the movie is throwing you into his, into his footsteps. So you have no choice but to see what he sees. And then there's the horror movies have always, and slasher films in particular, have always done a great job of establishing shots. If you've ever watched the movie Friday the 13th, i will spoil the beginning. It follows one of the camp counselors as she's going through town. But the establishing shots are great. Probably one of the only great things about this movie is the establishing shots. They really make you feel like you understand the town and the camp of Crystal Lake. Because of the establishing shots, I feel like as if I know where I am and where to turn and where to go. And then there's the stalking shots. Um, uh, One of the movies that does this the best is Evil Dead where it goes around the cabin and it takes a look at each of the individual characters from the point of view of the entity or you know, uh, Halloween or Friday the 13th, which you're seeing the characters through bushes or something. But again, it's unsettling and it's unnerving and it's something different than regular movies. So that's why it intrigues us. And I think that's that's what adds to the greatness of the cinematography of slasher films. And when they do this, you want to scream at the character, you know, turn around, the killer's right there, because you feel like you're right there. And they sort of immerse you into this world, and I think that's what makes slasher films so great, is this usage of of creative cinematography and of, of simple yet successful storytelling that is repeated over and over again, and that keeps bringing me back for more and more. In 1978, John Carpenter introduced us to the slasher genre with his film Halloween. The premise is simple. Fifteen years after murdering his sister on Halloween night in 1963, Michael Myers escapes a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield to kill again. This film introduced us to the idea of slashers and the star of the film and queen supreme of the Scream Queens, Jamie Lee Curtis. It was shot in 20 days with a budget of $325,000, which those of you that know about movies know how impressive that is. There have only been a small number of movies that have done this, and then had a, uh, a successful uh, earning of the, uh, the box office. He also, John Carpenter, what makes this movie so great is John Carpenter wrote the score for this movie. So he provided us with one of the most terrifying themes in movie history, not just horror movie history, but in movie history. I remember I hadn't seen this movie as a kid, but every time I heard the theme, I was put on edge and I was terrified. And as a younger child, I would cry because he managed to create this synth sort of Beat that instills horror and it makes your heartbeat speed up. And, you know, a lot of more modern stuff took inspiration from this, for instance, Stranger Things. You know, if you watch Halloween and then you watch Stranger Things, it's evident that they took inspiration from John Carpenter's theme. Uh, but he also was, what's interesting to me is that this film feels like a college film. It feels like a group of college kids went out and filmed this. Uh, but at the same time, it's so great. It's the father of all slashers. Yes. But it's unlike all other slashers because it doesn't have to show a score for us to be amazed. It just does it. It just you know there's it's one of the more gore light uh, movies on this list, because John Carpenter didn't depend on horror on, on gore. John Carpenter depended on smart shots and smart angles and and, and music and the spookiness of, of the, the the scene. And one of the great things that makes this movie so interesting is the killer. I mean, Michael Myers is pure evil. I mean, Dr. Loomis goes over that in the film many times. But it's once you watch the film, you realize that this man is killing for the simple reason of killing. He just wants to kill. We never really understand why Michael does the things that he does. We don't know why he chooses his victims. We don't know why he chooses to go after Laurie Strode so much. He just does it. And I think that's what is the most terrifying about this is Michael Myers. We can't understand his psychosis, but we want to and we're so intrigued by his actions that we start to formulate our own ideas of why he's doing that. And that's what draws us to this film and to this killer. I mean, there's a great scene in this where he, you know, he kills one of his victims and he pins him up. And for a good couple seconds after he pins him up with a kitchen knife, he just stands back. And sort of tilts his head and admires his work. Which is disgusting and horrific, but it's also so damn intriguing that he does this. It's like an artist standing back and admiring his his artwork. But it's a man killing another man. So it shouldn't be okay, but it intrigues us. And the reason I think, overall, that you really have to watch Halloween is because... This started the genre. So if you're going to watch slashers, you have to watch this. And also, John Carpenter is an amazing director. He gave us The Thing. You know, he gave us Escape from L.A. He has done an amazing job. And this film is a must-watch for any horror movie fan and any slasher fan. All right, now let's talk about my all-time favorite slasher film, Scream, which was directed by Wes Craven and released in 1996. So Scream was... Probably, I'm I'm pretty sure Scream was the first slasher film that I watched. And that could be why I enjoy it so much. But my main reasoning for my enjoyment of the film is the fact that, you know, it came around when slashers had been overdone. It came around when the horror movie genre as a whole was kind of in the ground. I mean, we'd had six Halloween films, you know, however many Nightmare on Elm Streets and however many Friday the 13th you know Wes Craven took a look at what was happening and he gave us what was needed at the time. He gave us this this great film that is doesn't take itself too seriously but also presents a compelling story and compelling characters and a genuinely interesting killer and he also you know was poking fun at slasher films while doing all this. The movie is very meta and that's what I love the most is I mean the killer kills his victims while asking them movie trivia like It's strange, but it's also so damn enticing that it's what has gotten me to revisit this film so many times. I mean, there's a great bit at the beginning where Drew Barrymore's character is called up by Ghostface and he asks her, you know, he basically tells her that he'll spare her boyfriend if she tells him who was the original killer in Friday the 13th. And, you know, she thinks she knows it, so she screams out, Jason, Jason Voorhees. And he goes, wrong, you know, it was... Actually, Jason's mother, Mrs. Voorhees, and like, I know that that might seem super nerdy, but when I watch it, I go ha ha, because she was wrong, you know? She didn't know her horror movie trivia like the rest of us nerds, and I think that's what's so great about Scream is that it doesn't take itself seriously. It pokes fun at slasher films. It's meta, and then there's the killer of Ghostface. He haunt, you know? He stalks his victims through phone call, and this was at a time when there was, you know, caller ID wasn't a, a heavy thing, so. It was a terrifying concept. It genuinely made people terrified to pick up the phone when an unknown number came through because they didn't know who could be on the side. It could be the psychopath who toys with his victims. And then there's the characters. I mean, it's all your typical movie horror movie characters, but they're all funny and they're grounded and they're realistic. And then there's Sydney Prescott, who is who is a genuinely realistic uh, character. And, and she's someone that you feel like you would get along with in high school you know she's just been she's just had this great tragedy of her mother being killed and now her world is shaken up again by some psychopath who who is stalking her and her friends and murdering her her friends and you you feel for her because of west craven's you know brilliant writing to style and his, his storytelling that you feel for all the characters in this film and it's just a great one it's a very 90s movie but it still holds up to today and it's the best out of the entire franchise and it is the must watch slasher film on this list because it is the because it is the slasher film that saved slasher films and that's why it earns a uh, spot on this list and also because wes craven was the master of horror movies and this is one of his greatest hits so definitely check out scream Got Jose Valles, uh, you know, seal of approval, and it's a must watch this Halloween season. Why is it that slasher films terrify us so much? Aside from the blood and jump scares, this is a plausible explanation offered by Mike Network that states the idea of individualism is key. We celebrate autonomy above all else. As a country, we've set up physical boundaries, property lines, and borders we use to justify incredible violence. If crossed so it's unsurprising that we're inclined to fear the outsider or the intruder understood in these terms the slasher is autonomy's fiercest enemy he doesn't care about boundaries and he doesn't seem to fear punishment for violating them he simply catches us at our most vulnerable and then he kills us but his methods aren't impersonal he doesn't set up a car bomb then watch from a distance as you turn the ignition The slasher is more intimate. He wants to feel you die. Michael Myers in Halloween used a kitchen knife to kill. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface used a chainsaw. The slasher scares us because he disdains our learned American ideals so blatantly. Autonomy is sacred, and he's dedicated to ensuring it's meaningless. For a nation so convinced of its own infallibility, this subversion of principles is both unthinkable and terrifying. Slashers terrify us for the same reason legends and myths such as the Skinwalker terrify us, because they represent the darkest of human nature. They represent the complete lack of consciousness, mercy, and compassion. They show us what we could all become. Slashers scare us so much because the idea they present isn't so far off. The idea of a madman going on a killing spree? In our minds, the concept of a slasher In our minds, the concept of slasher movies seems so ridiculous we don't come home to a man in a white Captain Kirk mask with a kitchen knife or receive phone calls from a threatening mystery caller. But we can't shake that familiar fear that perhaps we could. Perhaps what scares us about slashers is what used to make me not so afraid of them. That the killer is only human. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of our show. Tune in next week at the same time. And on the same frequency for another episode. Next week, we will talk about what you must watch and what you must not watch this Halloween season. I've been your Captain Jose Valle, and this has been Captain's Log. And we've reached the end of our transmission. Good night. (music)